Hey, I'm Michael Durinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 119 of the North Meet South web podcast. Just freestyling there. Hey, um, the number, speaking of the number, the number, the number, no, before we do that. What? The What's number one hundred and nineteen is um, forever, forever going to scar me. Oh, the last time, uh, the last time my football team made the grand final, we lost by one hundred and nineteen points. That so. seems that seems like you guys got trounced, or maybe that's uh, just... we really did. It was yeah. it was a record. That's, um, that's record bad. bad loss. So, yeah, yeah. Every bad. time I see that number, it gives Yikes. me the um, heebie-jeebies. Um, boy, okay. Big week. It's been a big week. I'm going to run through really quick. Okay. Go. You ready? Go, Couple go, things. Go. American Idol. There is a girl named Leah Marlene. She is from Normal, Illinois, where we are at. And okay. she was playing at a coffee shop a year ago. And I mm-hmm. told Laura, I was like, this girl's really good. I was like, she could be on like American Idol or The Voice. And a year later, she's in the top three. And so we got to go see yeah. her hometown parade this week, which was super cool. So. Uh, we got to see, like, we were, like, you know, this close to her, like, hey, Leah, how's it going? It was super cool. And then we got to go to her concert, which was really fun. It was packed. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a crush of people. It was it was literally shoulder to shoulder, which has been a long time since I've done that, right? COVID mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that, um, sold a old bike today, and a dude came by to pick it up with his Rivian truck. And nice. my oldest is walking, and he's going to hear the story as I'm telling you. He's going to be so so jealous. The guy was, I was like, hey, kids, come look at this. Come look at this truck. And so, yeah. So the guy was like, uh, want to take a ride? I was like, yes. And so my kids were outside and we jumped in there and he put it in sport mode. And so it like the air, cush- yeah, the air um, suspension, suspension like lowers down. And then he just mm-hmm. like, without even like, he's like, ready. And we're anything? like, sure. He floored it. And it was, oh my gosh, it was crazy. My kids were screaming. It was mm-hmm. so funny. Zero to 60 in like three and a half seconds. It was wild. Yes. And then such, he turned around. the power of the electric motor. Oh, my gosh. It was incredible. And so he turned around at the end of the street and did it again. And the kids were just mm-hmm. like loving it. They were so yeah. excited. So Graham's going to be so bummed. That he didn't get to, are you bummed, Graham? Oh, he's bummed. But he just got back <laughs> from like a five-hour birthday party. So he's not too, he's not too bummed. Yeah, okay. Right. There's that. Um, I am also channeling my inner West boss. And I am doing a Power Wheels conversion to use 18-volt batteries. Uh, like lithium ions. And so mm-hmm. I just bought those today. So I'm on that right now. And then uh, got some other stuff we can talk about for the podcast. But that's all my like weekly like life stuff going on. Nice. Oh, and I put a new pool pump in today because my old one was messing up. So I did that today as well. Whew, it's been a busy week. And we did a garage this sale pool this weekend thing. too. Oh, okay. This, uh, this pool thing sounds like a lot of work. I It am, is. We, it's always broken. Something's always broken. We... Uh, you know, my wife always say, you know, when when we win the lottery, we're gonna go and build our dream home. And and there was one that came up in one of the one of Melbourne suburbs. So it's in, in Victoria, interstate from us, but it was like this twelve million dollar home. Oh dang. It was just it was huge. For anyone in, interested, twelve million dollars works out to about twenty thousand dollars twenty seven thousand dollars a month uh mm. in mortgage repayments. Yep. yep, you're gonna and um you're gonna it's got like to... this home theater, but the home theater was sunk into the back of the house. And so the back window of the home theater was the pool. So you were like in, mm, oh, in under the pool. 
What? And I'm like, hmm, Holy I'm not, not sure how I feel about that. But uh, yeah, $12, $12 million. Um, and I, I mean, in this climate, it's going to go for more than that, obviously. But that was a nice little pool tangent. Yeah. And uh, so the I'm, I'm not done with the pool yet. We can't get in it until I actually... So you have to ground the pool, but then you also have to bond the different elements mm-hmm. together. Like even the, the cement surrounding the pool has this like copper cable going through it to like prevent shock or something. I don't know. It's crazy. Right. I don't understand it all. But I'm I'm working on it, so I'll have it done tomorrow. Nice. So that's well, you still my got week. a couple of weeks before you really get into the thick of summer. Yeah, we've already used it a couple of times. Like the the old pump was working; it just wasn't working very mm-hmm. well. It was super loud, and so I got a new one off Facebook Marketplace of all places. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Facebook Marketplace is the stuff, man. It's awesome. Love it. Yeah, it's it pretty good if you want to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really buy a lot of stuff on there, but but Ray often gets rid of like you know kids stuff. That, that we don't need anymore. Yeah, um, we just got rid of like awesome. baby monitors and like sound machines and we've got like a rocking chair we're not using anymore, like all this kind of stuff. It, yeah. And it like disappears within a couple of days. Totally. So. It used to be like Craigslist was the only thing that you could use, but that was only like shady people using that. And Facebook is right, like yeah. everybody. So much larger audience and and uh, yeah. yeah, it works out pretty well. Yeah. So personal stuff, that was me. Um, we're mm-hmm. gonna we're trying to keep this one tight, and I've got a couple things to talk about here. So let's hear about your your week. How'd your week go? Uh, Anything yeah, pretty crazy good, going on? Pretty, pretty quiet. Uh, we the uh, the in laws offered to take the kids for a few hours yesterday, so we Ray and I went to Gold Class to go and see uh, Doctor Doctor Strange in oh, the nice. Universe of yeah, Madness, yeah, yeah. which was nice. Um, good movie. Like you know, I was saying to a friend of mine yesterday, like they didn't really like it, and I said the problem with these movies now is because Marvel is now like into phase four. They've been doing this for know, what fifteen years or something, twenty years. Like, has it been that long? I don't. I don't remember when when Iron Man came out. But they've been doing this so long that they can afford to have like not not really a flop as such, but they could have these movies that kind of don't really tell their own story. Mm, okay, they're, sure. they're kind of like they're they're more tying pieces together. Yeah, that they're, makes sense. They're, yeah. they're, um, what do you call it? Um, like stop offs, uh, you know, when you're going from A to B, but you've got a um, a layer, not a layover. What's the word? Damn, it's, it's, uh... a waypoint. So they've got like a waypoint between between stories, mm-hmm. and so and and the, and the thing now because Disney's it's got like a segue. <clears throat> it's a segue. Yeah, well, thank you. Sort yeah, of? sort of maybe, but you know, and Disney's got so much content production now that they've yeah, got. Yeah. You know, th- there were there were elements in this movie that if you hadn't seen elements of like the TV series. That you'd miss things, and it doesn't detract from the story, but I think it gives you a much more complete picture of what's happening if you have those extra bits and pieces. Yeah, it's so like for the super fans, there's something extra there, right? Which is pretty mm-hmm. cool that they do that. Yeah, and it, and it, and it sort of ties those things together. But the movie, like Spider Man, was really really good. Yeah, and yeah. this was good, but it was and it gave itself away a little bit earlier than I was expecting. Mm, um, interesting, but like it didn't wait like, till the I, end. I still, yeah, I I still thought it was a good film. It was nice to see that Sam Raimi, who is the director, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, like he's a you know career horror, okay, sure. sort of person. It they they kind of let Sam Raimi make a Sam Raimi movie, and this was a bit more. Um, it was a bit darker. It was a bit bit more violent than than mm. what we were seeing. And, and this is cool, like though. you know we, we like we've seen this kind of work with with Deadpool and with with Wolverine and. And so they, they can sort of start branching out and doing this stuff because they know that they've got the captive audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but I too. think 
you know, you, you, you kind of have to consume everything and it's a, it's a big commitment for lots of people. Like not, not everyone's going to do it. Not everyone's going to watch all of the TV series and not everyone's going to yeah, you yeah. Know, read all the stuff around it. So that's, that's like probably not me. Yeah. I'm probably not going to do it all that. It's but. probably going to lose some fans along the way, but it's still going to be like a massive job. Like you can still go and see it and it's still yeah, an yeah, enjoyable yeah. film. I thought, but mm-hmm. You know, it depends on how much you get into the story. And people people were saying that the pacing was off and it was a bit quick and place. And uh, I thought it was good. But it was the first time we've been to a movie in six months, you know, yep. not not going out. So uh, yeah. Yeah, we did the gold class thing. Ate way, way too much food. Because um, <laughs> they, they said, oh, we're going to bring out an entree of, of buffalo wings. I'm like, you know, probably four or five, maybe six, you know, half a dozen. Yeah. I brought out like nine or ten or something nice. like that. And nice. I was like, I didn't eat dinner last night. I was just... I ate so much. Was, that's hilarious, dude. That's good, good so. though. That's so good. But it was, yeah, you know, nice, to nice to do that. that treat you really and like well. the kids, yeah. yeah. And the and the kids, you know, they had a great time. So it's it's good to know. Like they're a bit. You when, know, when? Eli will be four in in three weeks, and and lives like a bit older now. So she, you know, isn't so desperately attached to to mum. So it's nice to know that we can kind of leave the kids for a few hours and go and just enjoy some stuff by ourselves, which has been sorely lacking for the last couple of years. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, man. But, uh, I'm yeah, super glad to hear that. That's about the highlight. That's Pretty about cool. the highlight for us. So it's good. Pretty cool. Okay, I will transition to our work stuff. And also, before we do that, I'm going to talk about Work Vivo a little bit. So Work Vivo mm. has uh, been a longtime sponsor of the show, and we're really thankful for them. They help to keep the lights on. They are basically your social uh, network uh, employee experience that brings your entire company together. So. They do all sorts of cool stuff, and I would love to sum it all up in uh, like me speaking, but they actually have this really super cool commercial that they just created. It's actually very entertaining and not like the cheesy entertaining. It's like mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it again, sort of entertaining. Like It's really, really well done. Uh, so you should definitely go check it out. If you're looking for a way to sort of let your people at your company stay connected, even in this like new remote uh, first sort of work environment, check out Work Vivo. Uh, it, it's like they were around before COVID, but I feel like since COVID, they've really kind of exploded a bit. Like I know they were just redid their site again. It's just it's just good stuff. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, thanks, Work Vivo, for sponsoring the show. Okay, moving on past that, I am super stoked right now. Uh, I feel like my dev team is really rounding out. So. Uh, we've got Jimmy, who is uh, my guy who's been around for a while. And then we just hired this new dude, Luke Bouch. And so he's like 19 years old, but yeah, right. he's he's killing it. It's really, really exciting. And so um, he's hired him as a junior dev. And mm-hmm. the reason I wanted to bring him up is because he is running this. Uh, he's doing this SaaS called sublimeblogs.com, which is basically a way for you to add it's it's a basically a little mini CMS and you can write and post to that. And then what it'll do is it will send a web hook uh, for you to like your static site builder and then provide a hmm. JSON feed to your static site builder so that your site can get rebuilt with your blog pages. So instead of having to use something like Jigsaw or whatever, you could use mm-hmm. this uh, without having to set up like a headless WordPress sort of deal. You could use this. And then it would just basically trigger your rebuild to be like, hey, go ahead and go do that. So I am interested to talk to him a little bit about like, so what were the pain points that that made him do this? And as I was thinking about that, he was like, hey, does getting hired with you mean we get a free pass to be on the podcast? Because actually, um, the way I found him was he commented on one of my gists when we were talking mm-hmm. about the Wordle solver. 
You remember mm-hmm. that? We talked about that. And yeah, he yeah. was like, hey, I want to yep. port this to JavaScript. Do you mind if I do that? I was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. I was like, who is this guy? And started, look, started looking at his stuff. I was like, this guy would be a great junior developer. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I also realized that we haven't had my other uh, amazing developer, Jimmy, on. So I would love to actually have both of them on at some time. So maybe in the next couple of weeks, we can have uh, either one or both of those dudes on. That would be super fun. Yeah. But the the main thing I wanted to bring that up for is he is building all of that stuff in the tall stack. And so mm-hmm. we've looked at a couple of the sites that we built internally. And so he's working on some of those now. And he's like, dude, I would love to rebuild this in tall stack. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I was like, maybe. Like, what's, you know, so so I asked him, like, bring me the, you know, what's what's the argument? Like, how does this work? And I think the thing that was most jarring for me is I, I don't know what the conventions are around the tall stack, right? I feel like with Laravel, it's very um, resource oriented, right? So you have models, mm-hmm. which are like your resources, and you have controllers, which are based around resources, and you have uh, policies, which are based around resources, and you have all of it just seems like everything's based around resources, right? Your URLs, your routes, yeah. all of that stuff. Like that's kind of where where we've lived the last like decade. I feel like I have anyway. Mm-hmm. And so with this, I was like looking at some of his stuff and he's got components and it's basically like, you know, what he's saying is all of the things that are related, like all the concerns that are related to a particular process are like embedded in a single component, which is interesting, but it's weird for me. It just like, (laughs) it just feels weird, right? So rather than being based around controllers, because the tall stack, you don't really... I mean, you can have controllers and, and, you know, that's fine. You can do that if you want to, if you want to do it that way, but you can have like single page or like full page components, right? Where you're just loading a, a, um, a live wire component, right? And then you kind of just yeah. control everything through there. Right? You get all your stuff straight yeah. out of the database from there. You can mm-hmm. pass in props if you want to, to a, to a live wire component, but you can also just kind of load everything in, like treat your, treat your component like a controller, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to talk to Luke, but also people maybe who, have been doing this longer too and just kind of see like what is the convention like i don't know what the conventions are how they you yeah. know how do they how they how they go about setting stuff up you know um mm-hmm. and so anyway I, I would love to talk about that at some point in the future the the interesting thing is like matt stoffer has created like a website for the tall stack uh, okay and so i'm trying to remember what it was i just went back i just went to it if, if you just look up tall stack uh, he's got a website out there. It is. Maybe it's just like tallstack.dev. Yeah, exactly. So it's basically just explaining what the tall stack is. Tailwind, Alpine, Livewire, and Laravel, right? So this is a mm-hmm. full stack development solution built by Laravel community team members. And then you've got like, okay, show me an example app. And the example app that they reference is Nova Packages. So if you've ever used Nova, you know that packages are a large part of the ecosystem that sort of give you superpowers, right? You can use... Yeah all these other tools that people have built and kind of bring them into your Nova installation. I did not realize Nova packages was written using the tall stack. So I literally looked that two seconds before we started and I'm sure I could dig in there and sort of find some of the conventions since Matt Stoffer was the one to sort of coin this term, the tall stack. He's probably a, you know, authoritative resource for what the convention is, how you do this. Mm-hmm. But I'm just interested. I'm interested to see like how people typically do this. Um, I like Livewire. It's it's great, mm-hmm. but I'm not all in on it yet. Yeah, I'm not there. I still sort of like yeah. sprinkle it in a bit, and it's I don't know. I'm not sure. I just I just need to get more experience with it and get more comfortable with it. I think. Yeah, so I need to build a small, like little cruddy admin thing this Agreed. week. Yeah. So, I oh you oh I've you have been... to do that for job for your job. You're saying yeah. So okay, I did that. Gotcha. I did that this week. So 
I've been working on this integration with a third party, uh, with a vendor API, or it's a it's an industry API. So there's like a seventy thousand line JSON schema document, um, and I was like going through the API response, you know, the package that they send us. So I had to build this credit. So we've got this like seventy thousand lines of JSON, and um, I had to. You know, I was going through this one by one and creating DTOs and and doing all of that, and then I got to a point where I'm like, there is like, hundred, literally hundreds of different resources, and so what I stopped, I stopped what I was doing manually, and I created like a tiny little Laravel app that basically went through and recursively generated all the DTOs for me. It figured oh, out yeah, all yeah, of I the all of the types. It figured out, you know, does this need to be an array of types? Is it, you know, is it a float? Is it whatever? did all the typing for it, generated all of the, like we were using enums, so it generated all of the enums as well. And then we had to do mapping of the enums that are in the spec to the enums that are in our platform. And to, to do that, I kind of needed just the easy, like I could go on the database and do it, but it's easier to see like, this is the value that I've got and this is what I'm mapping it to. And then that, that not only maps to like an enum in our system, but it also could... Um, map to another resource type. So we've got these, we've got liabilities, we've got expenses, we've got assets, and we've got, there's one other that I can't, anyway, so there's four different things that it could map to. And so for each one of these enums, yeah, income, that's right. Yeah, incomes, assets, expenses, and liabilities. And so to do this all in the database, it's like you got to go and like you see the value, but you don't know what that's a child of and things like that. And so I just built this little CRUD app. Um, I built it with, the tall stack um, because, you know, I just pulled in some table styles from Tailwind UI. Mm-hmm. Yep. I um, grabbed, you know, I sprinkled in a bit of Alpine that I that I pulled from Jetstream just to say, like, when you save it, you save it. And um, the interesting thing to me is I did, like, I have one component and it's just like sh- there's a show, show enum and then an update enum. And so the show enum just wraps the update enum um, and it, it's just like goes through a loop. And puts in there like this is update enum. When you when you update it, it will take the uh, whatever is bound to that instance, and it will then just save the model. Mm-hmm. So you can like you can you can bind properties directly to a model using Livewire, and then you you set up validation rules, and that way it knows that okay, this is something that I'm allowed to to save, and then you can just do like model save when you, you know, defer, when you send that action and then you send back an event that says saved or, you know, that it's done and then you can respond to that in the component to, to display a flash message, whatever. So the the thing with that is like I wanted to be able to say like, okay, if I take the link to this specific enum, like the, the show route or the edit route, I want to be able to send that and be able to like get back to it without having to like, because if you, you could do it all as an inline thing where, you know, clicking on the edit button is just a button and then it, loads that thing that entity into the component and then you can manipulate it and save it but then you can't get back to it like i can't go directly to that resource i can't go backwards and forwards in the browser i've got to go and like find the find the link click it or find the button click it and then it'll load that thing so but that's doing full page refreshes it's not like inertia where it's doing like a a, a component swap but that i mean that's the only thing really uh, but but other than that, like it's totally interactive experience. So it's it's quite nice to to do that. And I was able to throw that together in like thirty minutes, give me yeah. this full UI to, to that, do everything I needed, so I could go and yeah. update it. And then it just it wrote out all of my enums, all of my resources back. It like did all of the constructors because it knows okay, well this is an enum, which means in uh, the Sparsity Data Transfer Object Package, you need to 
override the constructor and say, okay, when you get this type, because it knows how to deal with enums and, and primitives, so like strings and floats and ints and things like that. But if you, if you want it to initialize an enum, well, you need to then override the constructor and say, okay, when I get this property, you need to initialize the, the enum object from the value in the parameter array. So I've, I've got it generating all of that. Um, it, it generates the maps for the values when because sometimes they got hyphens in there so the, the, the method names don't map correctly and things like that. So it does all of this. Literally 600 files generated for me on the back of like two hours of writing this little app, which then let me focus on the rest of the stuff. And let me tell you, I have enjoyed, like it's it's absolute grunt work doing all this stuff and doing, so I'm doing all the mappings now between like now that I've got the enums mapped, I then have to map like the, the resource objects onto our data structures and for our database. So doing all that kind of stuff and just like testing, like being able to test all of that and say like, this is going to work and it's going to do what we expect it to do using like collections, all of this stuff that everyone that listens to this podcast probably is doing in the day job that I missed out like all of last year when I was not touching Laravel at all, just to come back and write Laravel. And even though it's like Laravel 6, just the amount of stuff that's in there and the power that you get from it right out of the box that you don't have to think about being able to take like we have an, an array of living expenses and the living expenses we need to then convert to our like types. We then group by those types because you can have like multiple living expenses for um, like groceries. These are lifestyle expense or whatever. So you can have multiple. So it just grabs all of those, uh, group them, transform them and calculate a total of that and then just return this flat array which is just like key value key value of like the category and then the the float amount in like three lines yeah and it's, it's just beautiful right it's like we're so used to working in laravel like i feel like i'm so fluent in it um like I, inertia is great like some of the things that it offers you are, are wonderful but like i also still really enjoy blade you know so it's mm-hmm. It's like the fact that you can do all that stuff and just sort of stay in that lane, but get all the other benefits from Livewire is, is great. So like I'm I'm yeah. there, like I get the benefit of it. Like there are just some questions I have around, you know. Around like the best practice. Yeah, exactly. And, best like- practice. and then the other thing too, which I don't know if you ran into this, like did you find that like if you run into a problem with Livewire, I've had some really funky debugging stuff in, mm. in Livewire. Like I'll get this really obscure error like and it's coming through the javascript side of things and i have no idea where to start when it comes to like looking at that i'm not exactly sure you know where the error is coming from necessarily so i just kind of have to start dding and see where i'm getting in the code and it's like mm-hmm. whereas if i'm if i'm dealing with like just laravel and blade like i know kind of where i'm at and yeah. i mean i guess i guess you get the same sort of things with like Inertia, but like Vue is really, really, really cognizant of returning very clear error messages. You know, that's not always the mm-hmm. case. It can't always be that way. But that was one of the things I really appreciated about Vue from the very start was they, they work really hard to make sure you get good error messages. So not that that's not the case with Caleb and Livewire. It's just I've had some weird experiences with that. And uh, there's just some things I don't understand about it that I think I need to fill in some gaps in my knowledge mm-hmm. in order to be able to feel like I'm I'm really comfortable with it i used it for a toy sort of app and loved it freaking loved it it was so much faster to do it that way like like you said literally same sort of deal i was like i had something that i needed to get done in like a week that was all the time i had for it but it was sort of complex and it needed to be like real time like live updating stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm just gonna try livewire and threw it together and works like a charm like awesome love it great experience 
I just didn't know. There was a couple of things where I was like, oh, is that the right way to do that? I don't know. I just felt mm. uncomfortable about it. And it's like, eh. So it's probably just more time. Yeah, I think I need it. Yeah, I think I, I think this is the the key difference for me between inertia and and livewire is that if you're not familiar with JavaScript, if you're not familiar with Vue or React for that matter, or even I think they've got you can do it with Svelte now. If you're if you're a Laravel developer, you're a PHP developer, and you're not familiar with the front end stuff, and you don't want to have to worry about like the whole asset pipeline and and the build step and all of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which I love that about Tailwind. Laravel. You don't have to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then Livewire, sorry, is is definitely like it's just an extension. You're just writing Blade. You're just writing PHP. You don't have to worry about the JavaScript unless you want to sprinkle some Alpine in for right. interactivity. Yep, but even um, that, it's not a build and, step. It's just Alpine. So. No, it's just Alpine. So, it all, so like it just works, and it's it's a natural progression. And you may find that you need some more interactivity or some more stuff that you know that that you can't get with that tall stack, and that you would go towards view. But I think for a lot of applications that we as Laravel developers would be building, that you know the simplicity offered, and then the, the responsiveness you get by using the tall stack is is just like it makes it a really easy decision especially if you know if you need to do something quickly you don't have to you know go and refresh yourself you know even if you've used view but you don't use it that often you, there's no refresher you just go yeah. and write and and you know as you say you may not do it in the the the, the right way or in the best yeah. practice way or whatever but if you've only got a week to do it it probably doesn't matter that much right right you can come back and refine it later that said you know caleb's got so many videos on the that's true yeah. The Livewire website, the screencast, check them out because that's as good an indication of how you, you know, should be doing it or the best way of doing it from the, the creator of the framework. And then um I think there's one one other person that does some of the screencasts as well um, there now as well. Well Jason Jason um what's his name? They're working on those livewire components together. Mm-hmm. What's his name? The Jason. Alpine components, yeah. Jason what? What's his name? There's there's two and I don't want to say the wrong one. <laughs> Jason Beggs. And uh, it is Jason Beggs? I think it is. Yeah, I think Jason Beggs and Caleb are working together on some stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. those the, uh, yeah, cool. the Alpine components, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, so uh so, yeah. the what was the other thing I was going to say about that? Oh, the other thing I was going to say which was interesting is so like Jimmy, my one dev knows Vue pretty well. And mm-hmm. when I was bringing on Luke, I was like, so how well do you know Vue? He's like, eh. I mean, like I've used it a little bit, but like not very, very much. And so I'm like, okay. But it was interesting as we were looking like, like we were looking through some of it, how much Alpine and Vue actually match up, especially if you're just mm-hmm. using Vue sort of like, like for little components throughout, like, cause Alpine yeah. is very much influenced by Vue, right? It's just, it's in the browser, right? So you have this data object. Yeah. It's just, instead of being embedded in a component, it's embedded in the HTML itself. You have this little object that's just your X data, mm-hmm. your X dash data, right? The model binding, all of that stuff is still the same. So yeah. it's, you have a lot of stuff that's similar. So even it's funny, even talking to somebody like Luke who hasn't had a lot of experience with you, but has a good deal of experience with Alpine. It's like, oh, wait, they kind of work the same. Oh, all right. Well, that feels pretty, pretty, you know, familiar then. Mm-hmm. And so it is just interesting how much crossover there is uh, between between those things. Yeah, and so, I yeah, think it's, it was very, very clever on Caleb's part to to follow that kind of view model in terms of when it, when it was built to use like the data attributes and yeah, to use yeah. very similarly named attributes and things like that. 
totally because agree. it made it easier for people like you know you and I who were using Vue because Absolutely. it was like the the in vogue option yep. to kind of just step back and just because you already had that so the 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 learning curve didn't exist mm-hmm. and it meant you could get that interactivity with like an implicit knowledge of how it worked but you were just you know staying in the warm embrace of you know php and you know blade and you know controllers and things totally. like that you don't have to worry about any of it so and i think that is yeah, it's definitely like, quite nice and we're we're at 29 minutes and 55 seconds so i'm going to wrap this up here but the i think the interesting thing about this and some of the pain that that luke was feeling when he was writing this was like there was this um we were sort of doing these nested so think about like if you had a listing of items okay so we had like these trainings basically and i was like these trainings started out was like we had like eight trainings and so we didn't need any sort of hierarchy at all but then it grew to like a hundred right and so there was Mm -hmm. literally nothing to do to categorize them the only thing you had was a description and a title that's it like that is not tenable you can't do that and so yeah so we needed to be able to add like tags or like categories whatever but we basically i i said i want to be able to add like infinitely nestable categories so think of it like almost like a file structure right you have folders and then inside some of these folders you're going to have either subfolders you're going to have items that belong in those folders right so you can have kind of both and as Mm -hmm. we were going through those so he was building this out with just a single table and you'd click on it and the page would refresh and go to like a separate page and then you'd click and it would like go to another new page. And I think for him, that was like, ugh, like gross. Like, I just want to like, like that shouldn't have to be like a whole page. Deal. Like I should just mm-hmm. be able to like click the button and it just, it's just, it's just there. Right. Like that's what yeah. you're used yeah. to when you start using Livewire all the time. And so I think that's mm-hmm. sort of some of the friction. It's like, well, we could do this better. Like we, it should just be immediate. Like you shouldn't have to do a whole new page reload. It's just changing this one little yeah. piece. Um, and so I'm, I'll be interested to see kind of how how this shakes out in the in the near near future here, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll line something up, have some guests on the next couple of weeks, and uh, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. So we are at 30 minutes, cool. so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to our our commitment here. Michael, any final words before we close this one out? No, that's that's all I got. Um, awesome. I'm just excited. Just just know that I really enjoy writing Laravel. Yes, and, I'm uh, so glad <laughs> so glad you're back in Laravel land. Like and and I've been digging into stuff. You know, you Friday night. I've, I watched. I watched Halo, the the final episode of Halo on Friday night, and then I'm like, I could play some video games now, or I could go and work on. The, and it was like work stuff, and I'm like, I'm just going to spend an hour on it. I set my brain FM to for an hour, and I put the headphones on and just like hit away at the keyboard for an hour, and then I went to bed. Happy. Feels good, man. <laughs> Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. A breath of fresh air. Hey, uh, I'll say one other thing real quick. So, you know, the work that you did on uh, Wilbur Pay, when we were, mm-hmm. you did that setup.shell script, um, yeah. we copied and pasted a lot of that into another app and we're using that over there as well. With the whole, there's one app that we have that like literally requires like eight databases and it was really nice just to kind of have that as a starting point to be like, oh, this is a really good way to do this. And so, nice. yeah, we've used your work. To, I don't know if we owe you a royalty or anything, but uh <laughs> As long as you don't release it anyway, it'll be fine. <laughs> no, we're, we're fine. We're fine. All right, everybody. This was episode 119. Thanks so much for tuning in. Find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 119. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at North uh, South Audio. And rate us with your podcatcher of choice if you like the show. And in a couple weeks, we will have some guests on. and It'll be a real good time. Should be lots of fun. Thanks, Work Vivo, for sponsoring the show. We'll see you folks in two weeks. Bye.